What is up, OTC listeners? Listening to another episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast. We are, I believe, on episode 8, if I'm not mistaken. Is 7 or 8? I'm just going to go on a limb here and say episode 8. <laughs> Good morning to you guys all. To you guys all. <laughs> Uh, I'm in a very good mood today. I'm in a very good mood. Um, school is ending for me. I'm graduating in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, Deadpool 2 this weekend. Deadpool 2 this weekend is dropping by. And you bet your ass that I'm going to go see it. If you have not gotten your tickets yet, uh, get your tickets now. Because I know full well it is going to be packed like a mother trucker. Like, I'm, I'm trying my best not to swear so much. But, you know, it's going to be packed like a mother effing trucker, you know. But, at the same time, you know, if, uh, if you're the type of person that would rather wait and not be bothered by the people that, you know, can't put away their phones, can't talk... Uh, or can't shut the hell up during a movie, then by all means, you can take your time. But at the at the end of the day, I'm going to be the type of guy that'd be like, you know what? It's in my neighborhood. I'm going to go see it. And uh, yeah, because we're all comic book geeks, comic book nerds, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Today's episode of the podcast is going to be featuring 99% Diz, uh, Disney. I was about to say Disney stuff. Holy crap. Jesus, I am way off. DC stuff. DC Comics. The DC Comics world. The DC industry. The DC universe. The DC realm. Okay, maybe not the universe, but the realm itself. We're going to be focusing mostly on DC stuff with just one thing that has to do with Marvel. As I said last time in my previous episode, I'm going to be taking a break from Avengers Infinity War, which, by the way, is clo- is slowly crossing to the $2 billion in, uh, you know, market worldwide. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but I'm going to be taking a break from the Avengers. I'm going to be taking a break from Marvel and uh, just focus on DC stuff for this episode. As I said last time... Uh, I would be, or I would try my very best to watch Batman Ninja and review it, and I did. First time, I actually fell asleep, uh, halfway because I was just extremely exhausted from work, but I managed to finish it, and oh my god, like, my expectations were astounded, but That's all going to be for later on after some geeky questions, some nerd questions, nerd questions, ah, questions. (laughs) Don't, oh man, don't blame me, I'm in a good mood, alright? So, let's get right out to it, shall we? First geek questions, and like I said, this is me getting Marvel out of the way, we only have one Marvel question for today. Let's see, and I quote, What are your thoughts on Kevin Fahey saying that Marvel Studios having plans for Miss Marvel after Captain Marvel? Very interesting. Um, a lot of fans obviously have no idea who Miss Marvel is. A lot of people would 
assume that Miss Marvel is also Captain Marvel, and a lot of people are like, Yeah, that's exciting! Yay! Let's do it! Alright, I'll break it down to you guys for those of you who don't know. There was originally point... There was one point around the 90s and early 2000s where Captain Marvel was actually Miss Marvel, and the first Captain Marvel was actually a male. After he died, Miss Marvel actually became Captain Marvel. Now, I don't think that's going to be introduced in the MCU version Captain Marvel for March 2019. But it's very interesting if they make that kind of Easter egg uh, for us as fans. As, you know, for fans that are introduced to the Marvel Universe through the movies and not through the regular comics. But here's basically what you need to know. There was one Captain Marvel at first, he was a male, and then Miss Marvel after him became the new Captain Marvel after he died. I believe that's that's exactly what happened. Like, you know, if, if anybody else wants to correct me on that, feel free to do so. But yeah, uh, there were originally a couple, and he died, and then she became Captain Marvel. So, this question is actually referring to a new Miss Marvel that was actually debuted in the comics five years ago. This uh, new Miss Marvel, after Captain Marvel, okay, like I, I, I know I may be confusing you guys. From now on, I'm just going to be referring to Captain Marvel as the female Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, for next March 2019. So, just letting you guys know. So, the new Miss Marvel, after Captain Marvel, that will be making her debut in the big screen, obviously, next March, as I keep saying... This Miss Marvel is actually inspired by Captain Marvel to become a new superhero. Um, it's still not undetermined in terms of how she got her powers. There was one point in the comics where she was exposed to something as a mutant. And she has the same, nearly the same abilities as Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Okay. So, five years ago, she made her debut, and she's a Muslim superhero. She's actually a, a very young Muslim superhero. Her name is Kamala Khan, or Kamila Khan. I'm sure it's Kamala. Kamala Khan. And Muslim, inspired by Captain Marvel, nearly the same powers as Mr. Fantastic. And Kevin Fahey's saying that... The Marvel Universe, Marvel Studios, actually has plans for her, for her debut, after Captain Marvel and the whole Avengers thing takes place. To me, this is actually a fantastic idea, because it actually exposes and introduces more diversity into um, the cinematic universe. It, it, it shows us that, you know, the actors and the roles don't have to just portray the typical white man or, you know, a black actor that has to play the same role over and over as that's like a badass. No, you know, we're at an age right now where we're actually introducing to more female superheroes and more female um, badasses and, uh, you know, the, the feminine products for comic books is like soaring through the roof. I mean, you look at uh, the the comic books for Spider-Gwen, for Gwenpool, for Domino that just got released not too long ago. Um, you know, I, chances are they might introduce Catwoman, not Halle Berry Catwoman because we all know that sucked. But Catwoman in actually her own version 
you know, uh, they're talking about Gotham City, Birds of Prey. Uh, so we're at an age where female superheroes are literally the next best thing. And Miss Marvel being introduced in the Marvel Universe is not only creating more diversity, but is actually enforcing us to actually appreciate more in terms of what other cultures can be introduced. Because as I said, she's Muslim. Um, so yeah, I think that this is a fantastic idea. And I'm actually excited to see where the Marvel Universe is actually going to take her you know, in the near future, might be after 2020, 2021, doesn't matter, we're going to see it, we're also going to enjoy it, but that's the, all it is for the Marvel, uh, <laughs> the Marvel stuff, the Marvel segment of this episode, so we're going to go straight into DC, uh, before I go into DC, I'm going to address you know, a very tragic thing that recently happened a couple of days ago. Margot Kidder, or Margaret Kidder, if I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, she died peacefully in her sleep. And for those of you who have no idea who I'm talking about, she's the Lois Lane from the 80s Superman films. She's played, you know, Lois Lane in Superman 1 from 1978. Superman 2 in 1980, Part 3 in 83, and Superman 4 Quest for Peace in 1987. That's Lois Lane. That's Margot. Uh, I'm going to call her Margot. I'm sorry, Margot. I deeply apologize if I keep butchering that name. Margot Kidder. Um, she... I, didn't, I don't remember watching the Superman films at a very young age. I mean, I did see a couple of them when I was like maybe eight or nine years old but there was this one particular scene i believe it's from superman 4 where uh christopher reeve superman takes her up and she flies and the green screen is oh it's just god awful but you know she flies with her and she lets her go but she's flying too like she's like gliding in a way like she's falling and she's gliding that's pretty much the best memory that I have of her. And, you know, it's it's such a sad, uh, tragic thing. You know, any death that happens is, is sad. But for a woman to make an impact on, on the comic book genre, especially way back in the 80s, and for people to grow up in the 90s, that that's how they remember her, um... You know, my condolences to her family, my condolences to, you know, her friends and everybody else that she touched, all her fans that she managed to inspire to be great actors and great actresses. It, it's, it's such a heartbreaking thing. Um, if you want to see more of, her, uh, uh, more of her and more of her acting ability, she also acted in the 1979 Amy, uh, Amy I can't even pronounce this, Amityville Horror Jesus, I'm so bad at pronouncing stuff. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, you can see her at McQueen. You can see her in uh, Mod Squad. All 80s and 90s shows. So, rest in peace, Lois Lane. You will forever be missed. So, just wanted to get that out of the way. Alright. We uh, get all the down on the dumps slumber. 
you know, rest in peace, Lois Lane. Let's get back to DC questions. Ooh, this is a good one. Gun to your head. Who should Morena Baccarin... Oh, my God. Baccarin? Bassarin? Jesus. Um, I, I feel like... I feel like if these actors actually hear me pronounce their name, they're just gonna come all the way to my house and just kick my ass. Uh, I'm gonna call her Marina. Marina Baccarin play Catwoman or Poison Ivy? So, again, for those of you who don't know actor actress's name very well... She's basically Dr. Lee Tompkins from Gotham. She's Vanessa. Vanessa? Is, is it Vanessa? From Deadpool? Yeah, I'm sure it's Vanessa. But Deadpool's girlfriend. Oh my god. What, what kind of you being a comic book fan? You don't even know their names. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? Give me a break. It's, it's such an early morning. Uh, she plays Deadpool's girlfriend and she plays Dr. Lee Tompkins in Gotham. Um, you know, I, gun to my head, I would see her more of a Selena Kyle Catwoman, so to speak. Like, like she, like she, if you play the Batman Arkham games, um, and you see Catwoman, like, you know, she's not wearing the mask, but she's wearing like, you know, the hat thing, like, 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 it is kind of a mask, but it's not really covering her eyes in a way. She resembles more of a Selena Kyle type look. Like she's sexy. She could be seductive. She can be menacing. Uh, she definitely has the body to move around like a cat, like fox. Um, you know, like uh, she. Seeing her on the big screen that rivals Bruce Wayne's Batman is definitely something interesting to see. I don't see her as a poison ivy. Maybe this is from backlash from. Uh, what's her face? Uh, the Poison Ivory from Batman and Rob, uh, Batman, yeah, Batman and Robin from 1997. Oh, God, that was such a terrible film. Jesus. I feel like re-watching that movie again and then just spending an episode of the podcast just shitting about it. But I feel like, you know, people that have done that over and over is just beating a dead horse to a bloody pulp. And it's, it's like, it, it's not worth it. It really isn't. Uh, Uma Thurman, there we go, Uma Thurman played Poison Ivy from 1997, and it was just god-awful, it was, it was just god-awful, um, I don't know who could play Poison Ivy, maybe like a good redhead, uh, maybe, um, uh, see, uh, I don't know. I don't know, I would have to do more research in terms of who would play her, like, extremely well. But, Marina Baccarin can definitely pull off a good Selena Kyle. Um, if you actually go on Instagram or, you know, Google or whichever, and you look up and, and you, you type in Marina Baccarin, uh, like, Catwoman, there's a lot of fan art that actually replaces her face, and she actually looks very decent, she actually looks very genuine, so... Gun to my head, Marina, Catwoman. That's what I. That's what I say. That's what I say. Uh, let's see. The rumor is in. Ben Affleck wants to continue playing Batman in the DC Extended Universe. Yay or nay? Uh, I have mixed feelings about this because, actually, no, I don't. No, I don't. Let me rephrase that. When when 
Ben Affleck was cast as Batman for Justice League and Batman v Superman. Nearly almost all fans went fucking nuts. They were pulling their hair out. They was going, no, 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 kill the Batfleck, kill the Batfleck. Or whatever fans were shouting or people were saying, you know, it's, it's, such, it's so rude, so rude. Um, in my opinion, I think he did extremely well as Bruce Wayne and Batman with, without the whole Martha thing again. Beating a beating a, a dead horse to a pulp. The whole Martha thing was just completely unnecessary. It was convenient enough as it is, but he played a great Batman. Even though, you know, Batman should not kill, and he did clearly kill in Batman v Superman. Um, he did extremely well, especially the fight scene. Like the fight scene with him against like seven or ten other guards in that warehouse before he saves Martha. Um. It was actually pretty good. I enjoyed I enjoyed it very well because it 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 made us see just how much of a badass Batman is and how much of a technician that he is when it comes to martial arts. Because Batman learns 127 fighting styles and he incorporates them all into his unique fighting style of just just pure just fighting and punching and kicking and grappling and all of that. So uh, he played a great Batman in that movie. When Justice League got introduced and then it hit the big screen, it was a complete 180. Um, he's not used to the Batman. Uh, he's he's not the Batman that we're used to seeing. He's not the Justice League Batman that we're used to seeing from the 2004 shows. He's definitely not the 90s Batman animated series. He's far from that. Um, that's why when people ask me who is my favorite Batman, you know, is it, is it, uh, a Christian Bale, or is it Ben Affleck, or is it Michael Keaton? My first answer is, and always will be, Kevin Conroy. And for those of you who don't know who he is, you're not a Batman fan. I'm just putting that out. Kevin Conroy is my number one, M number two is Christian Bale, and number three is definitely Michael Keaton because I grew up on those films. I grew up on the animated series. I grew up on that. With Christian Bale, it gave a very unique and realistic perspective on Batman as a whole. So um, with Ben Affleck, you know, if he wants to continue playing, obviously there's a rumor, but if he wants to continue playing Batman in the extended universe, go for it. Like I said, don't treat your audience like they're idiots and try to reboot or recast a new Batman when we're already getting used to this one as it is. We're already seeing Ben Affleck as Batman. Own up to it. Continue playing the role, but make it better. Like, if, if the director or the producers or whoever like wants to make Batman a certain way, I feel like actors in the movie industry should have enough balls to stand up and be like, no, my character would not do this. I would do this instead. Have trust in me. But then again, playing devil's advocate, maybe it has nothing to do with the the uh, the director's choices. Maybe this is all Warner Brothers doing since they're the ones ultimately pulling the strings. So Ben Affleck wanting to play Batman, go for it. Continue to play Batman for as long as you can. Just be better at it in terms of, you know, um, 
in terms of playing the character of Batman in the film, be better. That's all I got to say. Just, if you're going to continue it, continue it, just be better. Next question coming to me. Let's see. Me being a DC fan more than a Marvel fan, should I care about the new Doom Patrol series? I was very hesitant to read out this question because I know nothing about the Doom Patrol series. Um, for those of you who don't know, who don't know uh, the DC Universe coming out later on this year or early of next year uh, is coming out with four particular series within the Universe's channel. It's a new cable provider series for us DC fans and for us superhero fans as a whole. You got Young Justice coming back. You have Harley Quinn in the animated series. Those two that I just mentioned, those are the animated series. You have Swamp Thing and you have Titans, which is another version of the Teen Titans, just the realistic part. So apparently the fifth one coming in are DC's Doom Patrol. Again, I know nothing about Doom Patrol. I think the only thing that I know is, is a group of heroes that... Um, got their superpowers somehow through a nuclear explosion. Don't quote me on this, but it has something to do with that. It's very similar to, um, like the early 2000s static shock type thing. Um, I would have to do more research in terms of who the Doom Patrol series is and save it for another episode of the podcast, but, you know, I don't really know enough to formulate an opinion on it. But for those of you who are following Doom Patrol and, you know, are excited for this, kudos. I'll give it a chance and I will watch it when it comes around. Uh, last question for the DC segment is coming to us. Uh, let's see. Are you excited to see Gotham renewing for a fifth and final season? Yes, I am, and here's the reason why. We all talked about beating a horse. That could be like the 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 theme of this episode: just beating a horse bloody to to just to just to a pulp, just just beating a dead horse, just yeah, <clears throat> and then tricking off on its corpse. Not <laughs> I just took a weird turn. <laughs> um. I still not have seen the second half of Gotham yet with school and finals and papers and everything that I need to do. So when I finally see Gotham uh, with its fourth season, like the second half of the fourth season, then I'll actually formulate like a strong opinion. But honestly, I feel like, okay, here, here for me, like to not stumble upon my words, I'm tr trying to make sense of this as best I can. From season 1 of Gotham all the way till now, it was portrayed as being of the prequel stories of Batman. Basically, the origin stories of Commissioner James Gordon, the other villains, you know, like, you know, you Catwoman, you uh, Penguin, and uh, Mr. Freeze, and Poison Ivy, and so on and so forth, right? Two-Face and so on and so forth, right? Joker, another thing. But the thing is, is, um... That's pretty much a universe by itself because in the prequel storylines that Gotham has been portraying, there were a lot of questionable moments that does not seem like their characters. Case in point, um, there was at one point where, I, and I kid you not, 
the Riddler and the Penguin had some kind of gay relationship storyline going on. And I believe it was around the ending of the third or the beginning of the fourth season. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just doesn't fit their characters. It doesn't fit what the Penguin or what the Riddler of who they were or what they were trying to be. It doesn't fit at all. Another case in point where Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle meeting as young children. I do not recall meeting in uh, meeting reading in any DC comics that I've read and me being a huge Batman fan where that's actually happened. So the Gotham series that is showing in Fox plays a universe like like a separate timeline, like an alternate timeline if you want to call it that, uh, they play it like as their own thing, but for some odd reason, we can't help but watch because it's something new and it's something different us DC fans and us comic book fans love watching because it's, it's basically a detective story, but with supernatural elements within it. Obviously, that portrayal has been done many times before. Um, but because that they portray DC comic characters, we can't help but enjoy watching it. So, it came to the point where, you know, it's like Arrow. It just keeps on going and going and going. And at a time, you might need to stop before it's like, okay, this is too much. Now, they don't care about the storylines anymore. Um, we just, we're, we're, we're just done with it. We're just done with it. And if you guys remember Heroes from the early 2000s, like 2004, 2006, like, like generally around uh, those years where it's like, okay, you keep going, you keep going, and you keep going. It's like Pokemon. It just keeps going and going and going and it doesn't stop. I understand there's a huge fan base for it. I completely get it. But at the same time, you have to be like, you know what? Maybe at at, at, the, at one point, we just need to stop and just end it. End it on a high note, basically. So Gotham renewing for the final season, perfect. Maybe we can actually see Bruce Wayne dawn on the cape and cowl. Although that's a stretch, it's highly, highly unlikely. But that's going to do it for these questions, for geeky questions, nerd questions. I still need to come up with a good name, like, like a good name. Like, I know I said fan questions, fan questions, but like I said, I don't want to be a ripoff of anybody else. So if you want to send your questions to me, you can send it to me by the MG Magnum on Twitter. You can also send it to me on my Instagram page, MG Magnum 715. That's MGMagnum715 on my Instagram. I'm the Dominican dude that you see in the, uh, in, in, in the pics. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dominican. I'm a caramel, you know. So what of it? But let's get back to what I promised before. Batman Ninja. Uh, this movie is going to contain... Maybe slight. So I'm gonna try my best to not spoil it, but whew, where do I begin with this one? Batman Ninja. Probably 
one of my top five Batman movies ever. Like, j just, just top five, period. Probably on par with, um, uh, let's see, you know, The Dark Knight. Well, it's under The Dark Knight. Like, the, nobody can beat The Dark Knight. Nobody. N n no, no DC movie can ever beat The Dark Knight. Let's, let, let me stop right there. <laughs> um, I say the top two films are Dark, The Dark Knight and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Which is another one of my favorites. I, I feel like watching that movie and giving a review on that too. Because that's a top one. But let's get back to uh, get back to the point. Batman Ninja. What can I say about this film? The animation is fan-freaking-tastic. Like, the fact that the whole movie sets in the feudal era of Japan. Where it's traditional... Japanese style, not Japanese anime, Japanese animation, where it's very realistic, it's very gritty, um, you know, the mountains actually look like mountains, like, it's actually drawn on with CGI, with computer-generated, uh, features and graphics, it's, it's gorgeous, the move, the entire movie, even from the beginning, the first scene, it's gorgeous, um, Oh man, like the animation is is superb. I, I I can't I can't talk enough about the animation. Um it, it has it has the style where when you watch it you actually feel like you're part of the universe, like you actually feel like you're part of the Japanese realm. And uh obviously this is from the trailers, you know, I'm not spoiling much here. When Batman and his family, the Bat family, gets transported into Japan, you it, it definitely feels like a fish-out-of-water complex, where you take an element from what they're used to, you put them in a new world, in a new realm, in something new, and they have to adapt to it. And that's basically what this film portrays. Who is Batman without his gizmos, without his gadgets, without the Batmobile, who is he? Is he just a man in a costume? Like, is is he just, you know, a, a crime fighter, but with, 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 that, that just has to rely on himself? Is he simply just a man under a mask? Who is Batman without the gadgets? And this movie portrays that extremely well. Obviously, um, uh, again, it's from the trailers, the the st the storyline between the Bat family going after the Joker and the Joker causing his mayhem again with Harley Quinn we've seen that times and times before but never never to this extent never in this interpretation we've seen countless versions of Batman against the Joker we can see it in uh, regular DC comics we've seen it in films we've seen it in comic books you know. Death of the Family, for example, or uh, Court of Owls, you know, Gotham, um, Batman from 1989, um, uh, Adam West's version from 1966. You know, we've seen uh, countless, countless t uh, moments where Batman would face Joker before, obviously. But this movie takes that and amplifies it into a way where it's like, Okay, this 
is one-on-one -on -one combat. And this is samurai against samurai. And let's face it. If you did not believe that you would want to see Batman wielding a sword and fighting on top of a castle against a Joker wielding a sword himself? Jesus, that's like watching a different episode of Naruto only way better. Like, oh my goodness. Uh, oh man, uh, what else can I say about the film? The musical score. The musical score... Uh, it has the, the type of melody where it's like, it's, it's, it's a combination of DC styles and it's a combination of the Japanese style. Like the animators and creators that worked on this film definitely deserve high, high praise. It, they, they deserve so much praise. I say you go on YouTube and look on the special features in terms of how this movie was made. Um... I can't say enough about this film. I, I, I again beating a dead horse. <laughs> oh man, we're literally taking that into another level. Um, I'm impressed. I loved it since basically since I kept my eyes open, I just popped in the DVD, the Blu-ray feature. Um, what what else can I say about it? Um. Characters were fantastic. Uh, the the storyline sits obviously where Batman is stripped of what he's used to and who he has to rely on or what he has to rely on in order to win his fights, to win his battles. In this case, it's himself. He has to rely more on himself to get back to his basic tactics of one-on-one -on -one combat, hand-to-hand -hand combat, and find a way to try to beat the Joker from wreaking havoc on Japan. Now, I talked a bit, I talked a lot on how much I love the film, but there are some nitpicky things. There are some nitpick, uh, nitpicky things. The Bat family is transported into feudal Japan, as I just said, as well as the villains. But... Batgirl was not in it. Minor spoilers. Batgirl was not in it. So I kind of feel like maybe there would not have been a point for her to be in it because we already had uh, Catwoman um, in the film voiced by Tara Strong, the great Tara Strong. I really wish I could meet her. Holy crap. I, I, I want to meet her so badly. Like. If there's if there's one if there's three people that I want to meet it's Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Tara Strong. Like I I pay three hundred dollars just to take pictures with them any day. Um, Catwoman is being in uh, being in the film doesn't really dissuade from the plot and the narrative story structure that the movie has. I just wish that the entire Bat family was there. So that was kind of a bummer on. You know, a little bit of kind of a bummer. Um, another nitpicky thing. Red Hood. I don't like how he looks. That thing that he has on his head. Could have been something completely different. Um, I understand the feudal Japan, the Japanese look. I completely get it. It's authentic. It looks good. Sort of. I, I just don't like it. I, I really prefer if it was something else. 
like dude looks like he has a fucking bucket on his head like i i don't i don't like it at all um another nitpicky thing the villains nothing wrong with the villains i just wish that they had a little bit more to them uh i wish the fight scenes of the other characters not batman versus joker but the other characters within the movie did just a little bit more that we actually saw the fight scenes between you know uh harley quinn and catwoman and 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 uh uh, uh, Red Robin against Deathstroke, you know, things like that. I wish that the fight scenes were, it lasted a little bit longer. And the ultimate fight scene would have been Batman vs. Joker, which it was. Um, but those are just little nitpicky things. Overall, loved the movie. Loved, loved, loved the movie. Loved it. If you have not gotten your copy, you can order it on Amazon. I did mine on Amazon Prime. Uh, it came in within two days, and I was able to see it last night and this morning again. I'll most likely see it. Uh, oh, another thing. Watch the movie, Japanese, subtitle, uh, uh, Japanese dub, English subtitles. Because again, when you're seeing the movie, you are invested with Batman in a new world where he has no idea where he is or what's to come about until certain situations happen. You want to connect to Batman, you want to connect to these characters, watch this movie in Japanese dub. Watch it in Japanese dub. I cannot express that enough. You will get the feel of the Japanese culture. If you love Japanese animation, you will listen to it as that version. Uh, the voices are very authentic, it's realistic, and it just makes you feel like a fan all over again. If, if you're a fan of anime, and if you're a fan of Japanese animation, if you're a fan of the, the, the graphic designing of the Japanese culture, if you're a fan of any of those things, even if you're a Batman fan as a, as a whole, watch it in Japanese dub English subtitles, and then you can watch it uh, as English. Even though I'm slightly disappointed that Batman was not voiced by Kevin Conroy, I'm slightly disappointed. Um, I forgot who uh, played this Batman in English, but I just really wish it was Kevin Conroy. Maybe another little nitpicky thing. Overall, if I have to give a grade on this, I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. That's how highly I think about this movie. I loved this movie. Go get yourself a Blu-ray DVD copy on Amazon right now. It's only 20 bucks. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. That's all we have for today for the DC Comics World, the DC Comics version episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast. Once again, you can look me up at Magnum on Twitter mgmagnum715 on instagram and you can ask as many questions as you want and i will reach out to you guys uh if you want me to give any shout outs please let me know so far all these questions they were like oh keep me anonymous keep me anonymous all right okay i'll keep you anonymous um last week we did a superhero quote of the week today we're going to do a supervillain quote of the week that's right it's going to be one per week one per week. I can't, you know, give the candy too much away. And I quote, President, 
Do you know how much power I have to give up to be president? That's right, conspiracy buff. I spent $75 million on a fake presidential campaign all just to piss Superman off. End quote. This is from none other than Lex Luthor from Justice League Unlimited when he was beating the shit out of question, the faceless man. And all I gotta say is, Lex Luthor, that's exactly what you would do. That's exactly what you would do. Which makes me think, did Donald Trump become president to piss off the United States? I'm just saying, maybe that's, maybe that's just something we should look into. Eh, just, just a train of thought. Uh, once again, go get yourself a copy of Batman Ninja. You will enjoy it. Uh, and get your tickets for Deadpool 2. And tune in to next episode where I will talk about Deadpool 2. Because I most likely will see it either Thursday night or Friday night. Which means the next episode will probably drop or drop 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 around Friday to Saturday. As for right now, I am done. I am through. Peace out.